Hey, Christian. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, listen. If you think swimming with dolphins is expensive, you should try swimming uh-huh. with sharks. It cost me an arm and a leg. <laughs> <laughs> Roll that intro music. This is my welcome. This is my invitation to invent the hidden rooms inside my heart. heart. Come build the rooms inside my heart. Hey, guys. Welcome back. To Project up, Unify. Oh my goodness. I got a serious laugh out of Christian Sides. That dude, was a good one, wasn't that, it? Dude, it was. Uh, for y'all that don't know, I am out of studio right now. I am at the beach, actually. And oh. um, on Saturday, uh, today is Monday. And on Saturday, um, we watched a video um, that was taken on this exact beach in Gulf Shores, Alabama. And there was 25 sharks that were out um, in the water. And so that that hit home to me. Um, it was great though. Great joke. I loved it. <laughs> oh man, guys, listen. I missed you guys. <laughs> hey, listen. I've already me and Christian talked earlier, right? <laughs> and he answers the phone, and the he was like, "Hey, man, what's up?" First thing come on mouth, I was like, "Already miss you." <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But anyways, guys, listen. Uh, we have a good one scheduled for you tonight. Like Christian said, uh, unfortunately, he will be over the phone with us until December. Uh, oh, but that's all right. We, we still have them. Project Unify right. is still going to go strong. Uh, still good. That just means we need to update equipment if we need another phone guest, or we just got to have them all come in. So Either way it works. But do it. tonight is such an awesome night. We are finally wrapping up the series of the church. Yeah, it is so crazy to just even think that uh, the past few weeks have been, it's gone by so fast. Um, and what we're going to go through tonight, guys, is, um, I guess just a whole overview of what we've gone through of the series of the church. Uh, we're just going to go through each podcast, give a quick overview and then application and how we can apply it to our lives and how we can, um, in turn send out more, um, from our listeners, send it out into the world and apply what we have learned, uh, all together. That's right. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start off, Andrew. Let's start off with the series, within a series, called To Ask a Pastor. To Ask a Um, Pastor. This was was really cool to listen to uh, Pastor Brooks Monk and Pastor Paul Coble. Um, Andrew, give us a little overview. Um, Let's go with Brother Monk first. Um, He is your pastor, uh, and so first guest as well. And so uh, let's just go a little bit overview. Um, of what Brother Monk, uh, his podcast was. Absolutely. So coming into the series of the church, me and Christian, we we really wanted to bring in people of the church. Uh, You know, through this whole podcast, it's predominantly going to be me and Christian, but we wanted to bring in guests. Uh, With the church, we figured there would be no one better to talk about the church than the one who God appoints to shepherd it. Uh, mm-hmm. So our first guest was Pastor Brooks Monk. He is the pastor of Calvary Baptist Church here in Cleburne, which is the church that I work for. Uh, also my home church and the church that Christian grew up in. Um, but he come in and, and we really just wanted to pick his brain on, uh, you know, blessings and curses of, of being in the ministry, being a pastor in the ministry. You know, yeah. he, he had talked about... Uh, his former ministry in Florida, uh, I believe he said he did 16 or 17 years there. Uh, and then he was talking about things that, uh, that he's dealt with here at Calvary and, and just giving us an overview of what it's like to be in the ministry and also, uh, shed some light on, uh, some advice that he would give to, to pastors coming into the ministry. Um, but it was a good episode. I believe that was episode four. Uh, yeah, it was a f- fantastic episode. I think one of my favorite things that he said uh, was talking about, I guess, I think it was in the part where um, he was giving us uh, some just some wisdom of people who are going into ministry and talking about problems that arise in within it. And he was talking about the story of David and how David didn't even re- like recognize how tall he was, how big he was, how difficult it would have been to defeat him. He just said, you have insulted my God. And I will defend my God. 
and God gave him the victory, and what an awesome victory that was. And the same can happen in our life whenever we um, use our gifts, whenever God uh, gives us uh, times, he will give us the victory over uh, sin, over different circumstances within our life. And so, yeah, I thought that was a really cool a little piece of wisdom that he gave us within that episode. Absolutely. And what I love is uh, also, you know, because I, I was coming at it from, you know, especially with the viewers, a lot of them aren't in the ministry, so they don't know what goes on behind the scenes. Uh, yeah. You know, one thing that, I mean, he uses it as a joke, but uh, one thing he said that, that I hope that the listeners really take to heart is, is the one thing that can destroy a church is staff infection. Uh, yeah. You know, a, a lot of people, you, you know, with pastors, we we put on a good face on Sundays and Wednesdays. We have to, anything that's bugging us, we have to put that aside because the ultimate mission on Sunday and Wednesday is to shepherd. Um, yep. So, you know, there may be a point in time where, where you're really not meshing with your pastor. You may, you may think, well, he's just not in it. Well, I'm, I'm hoping that the people take a step back and really see that, you know, there may be something going on in your pastor's life that you don't know about that yeah. he's not going to tell you about because the burdens of the church are something he carries. And, and there are things that as a congregation, you know, the small stuff, we don't want you to know because we don't want you to worry. You know, it mm -hmm. could be financials with the church or anything like that, whatever burdens your pastor carries. So I was hoping that, you know, when he said that, People, you know, even if it touched one person, they could they could look at it and be like, "Wow, you know, our yeah. pastor really does deal with a lot of stuff." And and hopefully that will maybe help a couple of people to have a better understanding of the pastor and maybe take it a little easy on them sometimes because yeah. you know his his life isn't isn't perfect by any means. So yeah. that that was the one thing that that I've really taken from that was was just to have more compassion for your pastor. That's awesome. Let's go ahead and jump to um, our second guest in the To Ask a Pastor series. Now is Pastor Paul Copel of uh, the Broken Church in Cleveland, Texas. Give us a little overview on, on um, that episode, Andrew. Uh, other than the fact that Paul Copel has the best beard in the game, <laughs> that beard that beard's awesome. was epic. It Listen, was fantastic. You know, uh, Pastor Paul Copel, he is the pastor of the Broken Church here in Cleveland. Uh, you know, he's been in pastor, uh, in ministry for 31 years. Uh, you know, one thing I took away from this episode was, you know, he didn't start in pastorate, you know, yeah. that, that was not his initial ministry, you know, unlike, uh, brother Monk or, or, uh, brother Payne or even your dad, you know, pastoring was, was their goal. Like they come mm -hmm. in knowing that they wanted to pastor, um, you know, even me, I come into the game knowing that I wanted to do youth ministry. Uh, yeah. What I thought was was awesome was he initially was in the ministry in music, and yeah. you know it. What I want, what I want the listeners to take from that episode is the fact that you can't ever get comfortable with God. You yeah. know, because the second you get comfortable, you try and and, and dictate what God wants you to do. Because remember, he said he never saw himself as a pastor. Yeah. And and so when that opportunity ar ar arose and God said, I want you to pastor, you know, this service in this church, he didn't fight God. So mm -hmm. when whenever God calls us to do something in our lives, and it doesn't matter whether you're full-time ministry, part-time ministry, volunteer ministry, or you're just going to church, so God is going to call you to do something because the Apostle Paul tells you that everyone has the gift of ministry. Yeah. It's not just people who are called into ministry like me and Christian and, and all these pastors and stuff. Everyone is called to ministry. So when God places that before you, you cannot get comfortable. You 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 have got to take what God calls you to do and you just have to do it. Mm -hmm. And and that was the biggest thing I took from him. Uh you know, he, <laughs> I I just uh you know, I just went and preached for the broken church Saturday night yeah. and uh you know, the introduction he had for me, I, I guess I didn't really click at first until he said that. And then I realized he was talking about, you know, God just puts people in your life sometimes where your spirit just connects with their spirit. Hmm. And and when he said that, I was like, man, that's so true. Because, like, I found myself, 
you know, since he was on the podcast, I pray for him and his family daily now. It's awesome. And, and it's just in the short time that we've known him, like he's become such a good friend. So, uh, awesome. that was such an, that was probably one of my favorite episodes by far. Dude. Same. Yeah. His story from, um, whenever he was traveling and then whenever he had that moment with God, with just him and God, he's, he was about to give it up. And God just said, play one more song. Yeah, he did, and then that just radical turnaround. That just gave oh, me goosebumps again, dude. Same, I, like that's such an amazing story, and how God really works. He never gives up. He chastens us, and oh, so awesome. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and jump to Megan. Megan's podcast. Well, hold up, Marshall. Marshall was eyeballing over here. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, Sorry, I did I want to interrupt you, Marshall. No, you're good. Um, but what I was going to say, um, I've known Paul since I was probably 17 yeah. when I worked with him. Yeah, for the listener's sake, uh, how we got connected with Paul was through Marshall, our producer, you know, the one you, you hear every once in a while. Um, he he worked with Paul. Him and his dad worked with Paul for the school district of Cleburne uh, for a little while. So that's how we got to to get the end with Paul. So continue. But I would, I'd have to say just, just knowing him um, – He's been a tremendous guy my entire life that I've known him. Um, but my favorite part of the whole episode is when he recited the entire Psalm 1. He, yeah. That whole thing, I was just like, just my mouth was just wide open. I was just like, whoa. I'm pretty sure all three of us had deer in headlights. <laughs> like, like, <Yeah>. wow. <laughs> like, yes, please. Yeah, and then also uh, uh, when Tyler did it too. Mm-hmm. But we'll we'll get into that here in a minute, yeah. Yeah, so let's go ahead and jump to Megan's podcast. Um, Give us a brief overview on hers. Megan Montgomery Crawford. Uh, So another fantastic podcast. Yes, yes. This was this was a school friend of mine that I have known probably since about fifth or sixth grade. Um, What I love about her testimony is it it very resembles mine. Uh, we mm-hmm. were troubled teens. We got into things that, that honestly hindered us. Uh, and then we overcome it, and now we've devoted our life to God. She is a volunteer uh, children's minister at the Open Door Church in Burleson. Yeah. Uh, she come on, and, and you know we thought we were just going to end up talking about children's ministry. And then we yeah, got, got in, way more than that. Yeah. Like we got into testimonies and, and we started talking about like struggles and stuff that, that we deal with. And, and she just has a powerful testimony and, and, yeah. uh, you know, she, she has a love for the kids and she also does her own independent ministry called raised up. Uh, it's a, it's a wife's or I guess a woman's ministry. She, she has meetings with, with mothers, with grandmothers and ultimately just, wants to be a support system for them. And so they, they schedule play dates and all sorts of stuff. And and she just wants to lift them up. She also has a Facebook ministry where she does live videos. I mean, this girl is busy. She's a stay at home mom. I think she has three or four kids, uh, one on the way. And she is doing three full-time ministries. Just booking it, man. Booking it. I'm telling you, she is, um, she is such an inspiration. That was a good episode too. It was. I think my favorite part was actually after we recorded. Uh, I wish we recorded this, but um, you know, along with her testimony, I was. She was talking to me, and she said it's so important that people like me, like growing up in a pastor's home, having um, not all the troubles that you and her went through as teenagers, but just like maybe we just got away from the Lord a little bit, but then we came right back to Him. And she was like, "How important it is for." us to have that kind of testimony to have that kind of testimony because that that's our testimony. It's a personal testimony between yeah. how God's grace has worked in my life. And I, I honestly haven't even thought about that. Like I see like these radical transformations like yours and like Megan's and I'm like, dude, God is so awesome. And now I look at my testimony. I'm just like, I mean, it's, it's like a, great value brand you know and so <laughs> just like <laughs> so okay. like whenever i was whenever i was like talking to megan it just like really just made me think about how even though i didn't go through everything that you and her did how radical the transformation still happened in my life i was a sinner and god 
miraculously graciously saved me yeah and that it it was just such an awesome talk to have with her and something that i should not be thinking about as just a generic testimony but it's a miraculous testimony yeah and that was that was so amazing to talk to her about she, um she, anything else on that well she she really had a at a way of empowering us personally uh like you were saying, you know, a lot of times the testimonies that you hear are the big transformation testimonies like mine and hers where uh, we definitely, by the by the way society was molding us, we should not be where we're at. Yeah. So a lot of times, you know, when you have someone like, like yourself who grew up in a Christian home, uh, you're a PK, uh, you know, hearing these transformation testimonies sometimes it may make you feel like your your testimony is a little diluted almost like it's not as important but it's so good to hear that your your testimony no matter what it is is important yeah there there is a a section of people like what you don't realize is your testimony is very powerful to to like pks and, and and christian kids because they may feel like just because their faith is not as strong as they feel like it should be because of who their parents are mm-hmm. that that they're not worthy but your testimony can show them listen just because you struggle doesn't mean that you're not important that that yeah. God can't use you so I, I I did enjoy that a lot too because you know listening to me and her talk for an hour I, w- I was kind of worried that you may have felt like man you know does my testimony even matter and then for her to to tell you, man, listen, your testimony is just as important as, as anybody else's. Uh, she was very powerful. I, I, yeah, it was that, awesome. It was that's another so guest I can't wait to bring back. And the fact that Same. the fact that her outlook was on everything, her testimony and just in general now, it was so optimistic. Yeah. That's, that's what yeah. got me on that one. Yeah. She it was so cool. I, I love people like that who, who just love the Lord. Like there's, yeah. there's nothing else like, to it. Like they show Christ in everything that they do. Yeah. Uh, Megan, Megan showed that. Yeah. Like she walked in and I could just tell that there's something different about her, which is so cool to see. And something, man. Oh, so awesome. Yeah. Megan, come back. Yeah. Um, let's go. Let's go to Rihanna. Rihanna. The college student. Yes. Let's get, let's have an overview. Okay. So Rihanna Johnson uh, I'm actually having coffee with her in the morning before she goes. Uh, she is a college student at Ochita Baptist College or Ochita, however you want to look at it. Uh, <laughs> what didn't she say? It was like Ochato or something? No, it, yeah, it's, I don't, it's I don't think it's Ochita. It's Ochita. But what do they not like you to say? What was the? Well, no, she says a lot of people try and argue the fact that it's Ochita. Oh, okay. Yeah, that doesn't sound right. Yeah, <laughs> it, it <laughs> sounds it sounds a lot easier to say. But anyway, so she is going into her junior year of Bible college. Uh, she is also one of my former teens uh, from my days at Rio. So to bring her in was such a, a fantastic thing because, once again, she did not have a typical Christian upbringing, but God latched onto her and is using her. And, she, you know, she wants to go uh, into the ministry. Uh, she wants to live overseas. Uh, she's double majoring and double minoring in college, which is blow, <laughs> blows my Crazy. mind. I have no brain left after that. But you yeah, know, it, it's so nice to bring uh, bring her in because it, as as an old youth guy, it's y'all stories that that really make my heart happy because yeah, I get to see teens that I had some kind of impact on. You know, whether it was a small impact or a big impact, I'm, I'm seeing how God is using you guys. Like you, Christian, mm-hmm. you were, what, 11 years old, 10, 12, yeah. when, when I started uh, entering into your life and just watching you grow up before my very eyes. Like, you're, yeah. you're about to graduate, you're hungry for the ministry, you're about to get married. I mean, it, it's yes. those moments that make me so happy. And yeah. for me able to to be able to bring her in, uh, you know, there was a, there was a part of her ministry that she didn't get a chance to talk about was she start, she helped start a Mills or was it Mills on Wheels type yeah, ministry type thing, yeah. at college. 
And so they go out, you know, all the food that is left over from the cafeterias or the food, whatever y'all call it in college, food court or mess hall, hall, dining hall. (laughs) They take those at the end of the night and they deliver meals to uh, struggling families, which is such an awesome ministry to be a part of. ministry. You know, uh, there's no flash to it. There's, I mean, you're just taking food to people that are hungry. And that is like... That makes me so proud when she told me about that ministry. Like, I was so proud because she had a hand in starting that. Uh, yeah. But we also talked about, this was this was the cool part of the episode. We talked about uh, young, I guess, college, Bible college kids feeling a, ne- a necessity to get married early. And yeah, that was I'm, the key point of that episode. Yeah, and, and I'm not talking about uh, early in life. I'm talking about early in the relationship like two, three months mm-hmm. after. Uh, and I, like I said, you know, I didn't know that that was a problem, uh, but apparently it it is a, I wouldn't say a problem, but yeah, it's just a, it's a situation. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's an annoyance almost. I mean, it's kind of like, well, not necessarily because why are we doing this? Well, and, and the reason why I don't want to call it a problem is because just because you get married early into a relationship does not mean that you're rushing it necessarily. Uh, now I can see more relationships oh, in a secular sense, more yeah. relationships will break up because of that than stay together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, and I'd pointed out the fact that, uh, you know, the, the series that couples follow nowadays uh, is, you know, pregnancy, marriage, then hopefully fall in love if they even get that far. Yeah. You know, so at least Bible college kids are, or at least doing the right path, they may just yeah. be rushing it. Whether it's yeah. right or wrong, that's a personal thing. But I did enjoy that conversation because, I mean, it's, I didn't know it was an issue. <laughs> so that was, that was always good to know. But that was, that was a good episode as well. It was. Okay. So Tyler King, um, I'll, I'll do the overview on this one. Uh, Tyler's a great friend of mine. Um, knew him, uh, college. We went to college together. Uh, he is the media director and slash children's minister, um, at Heritage Baptist Church in Hazlitt, Texas. Um, he gave us just an overview on the media side of the church of the, um, I think one of the biggest things that we asked him was about the live stream uh, ministry, the cheaper and, placement. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and it was, it was so cool to just have his point of view on it. Like we have ours, but like, honestly, we don't really have a part in the live stream industry. Uh, and so to just hear, excuse me. I, I run the, the Mevo sometimes when Matthew's not here. So I no, do have I'm a sorry. part in the, I'm live sorry. Stream. <laughs> I'm sorry. I do not have a part in the live stream industry, but yeah, it was just so cool to just be able to, I guess, see his side of it. Yes. Um, and then just also going through um, social media uh, through the church um, and how <laughs> still, it's still my favorite quote of the episode. Social media is meant to be social. Yeah. And so as a church social media page, it's always awesome to have the members sharing it, sharing all the services, sharing all the news that, that the church is putting out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's what I, that's my biggest takeaway is still that social media is meant to be social. And you, so what do you have, Andrew? Honestly, coming into the episode, I did not realize there went so much into church me. I thought we were just going to talk about like live stream, uh, running PowerPoint for, for music and like yeah. stuff like that. Like I didn't realize how much actually went into like, that's what, that's what I took out of it. I did not realize mm. how much actually goes into church media. Uh, you know, I was, I was happy to bring that topic up in the church because it is an area of ministry within the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I learned from that episode, how important that ministry is to a church, yeah. you know, cause usually, you know, most churches, when you go look on their website, it is very basic. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of a lot of churches don't put an emphasis behind their their Facebooking or their uh, websites or anything like that because they just do it because they feel like they have to. Mm. But you don't realize how impactful those things can be, like social media and uh, 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still not getting behind the, the importance of live stream. It is important <laughs> right now. It is something that needs to be done in the church, but it is not more important than in-house church. Yeah. But with that yeah. being said, it is still important to have that area. Well, yeah. I, think I, I liked what Tyler said. He said that the live stream ministry is not your core ministry. That's right. It's just like a side thing, you know? And I also think, I also think, especially now, um, like you, like you said, Andrew, the media aspect of everything is more important now because you've still, as a church, have to be able to reach people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then an, another part that made me laugh is as far as the media side, happy people don't leave negative comments. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and it was just pretty cool to hear that, especially with, you know, with me doing what I'm doing and us doing this. It kind of was like, okay, that's cool. We'll yeah. go with that. So, people, if you're yeah. listening to this and you're leaving bad comments to your pastor or to your church or anybody else's church, in the words of John Chris, go check your heart. Yes. Because happy yes. people don't leave mean comments. That is correct. Yeah, that was. Seg- let's let's segue into Colin, his uh, podcast. Yes. Colin, uh, yeah, he's youth pastor. Go ahead and give us an overview, Andrew. Yeah, so uh, Colin McKnight, he is the youth pastor at Bethel Temple here in Cleburne. Uh, he has is, is become a really good friend of mine. Uh, you know, when, when I went to Rio Vista, um, my initial goal, because even though I was in a small town, I had such a, a big area that I could play with, especially when it comes to smaller churches and stuff. Um, you know, I could be a resource that smaller youth groups could rely on as far as doing like youth events, stuff like that. So when I got to Rio, my first goal, other than establishing my ministry at the church, was to establish a network of youth pastors, mm-hmm. you know, ones that we could rely on. Well, that's how I met Colin because I just got lists. I went on Google, put churches in Johnson County, Texas, and every church that come up, I would take down their number. And I would call and I'd be like, hey, I just, I, if it's possible, can I speak with the youth pastor? And I would talk to as many as I could and Colin come up and uh, me and him hit it off, you know, immediately after speaking. He actually, one of the coaches in Rio Vista uh, attends Bethel Temple. So he would go down hmm. to Rio Vista and he would supply them with like Gatorade and, and sunflower seeds for the baseball team. Well, when That's he would, awesome. yeah, when he would stop by the school, he would stop by the church afterwards and sit down and we would, we would talk and stuff. So, uh, you know, with this area, I, I, it wasn't intentional, uh, but saving youth ministry for last, uh, I wasn't doing that necessarily to try and be humble or what, because, you know, youth ministry is my area of ministry. Mm-hmm. There were just other ministries that we wanted to touch on first and it just kind of yeah. fell to where youth ministry was last. And when trying to think about who I wanted to bring in, uh, you know, one of like two or three names come up in my mind. And that was Colin, a friend of mine named Alan Featherstone. He was uh, the youth pastor in Covington uh, for about five years. He just recently moved to Utah with his wife to start uh, uh, a ministry there uh, and work with some local church plants there. But, uh, you know, Colin, he had some insightful things and, and he's... You know, he's gone through a lot of of what I've gone through in the past as well. And the one thing I really took from his episode was uh, for youth pastors not to feel like they're alone. Yeah, and that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, because, you know, a lot of times in ministry, um, you know, you're never alone in the office because you still have pastor. If the church has an associate pastor, maybe the, the music ministers there, you're never alone, but in, in your ministry, you feel like you are mm-hmm. like, if your ministry is not flourishing, the weight of the world is on your shoulders. So you feel like you're alone in that. And, uh, you know, so the one thing I loved was for him to say, don't feel like you're alone. Like God puts those people in your life, like your youth workers, you know, you can you can share your burdens with them because they're as invested in that ministry as you are. Uh, yeah, you know stuff like that. You can turn to your pastor and and uh, get yourself some some like minded friends like a network of youth pastors that you can turn to because what you don't realize is a lot of them are going through the same thing you are, mm-hmm. especially in youth ministry because no matter what town you're ministering in, teens are pretty much all the same nowadays. You, know, yeah. you have different walks of lives in those teens, but 
you're still dealing with the same issues, social media, yeah. uh, you know, tem- worldly temptation, stuff like that, checking out the, the family not being in the church. So, and another thing that I took from that was him talking about how important it was to build a relationship with the parents as well. Yeah. But yeah, yeah that's, that's definitely what I took from, from uh, Colin's episode. For sure. And um, whenever we started the series of the church, we started off with uh, the unity in the church, unity of the believer in the intro to the church. Um, how, so that was just, I guess, the foundation, because we already knew that we were going to go into the church series by this time. Um, let's just go ahead and I have a couple of questions that I have for you, Andrew, um, and we'll go into these Um and it really just, I guess we can all just use what we've learned in all these podcasts the past few weeks and apply all the stuff that, all the knowledge and wisdom that we've gotten over the past few weeks into these questions. So, and I know that as an overview, all we did not cover all the ministries that are in the church. No. We, we, we did not. There's so many more that we could do, but just we we, we possibly couldn't do it, all, all of them. It would yeah. just be way too much. Um, but let's say I have a couple questions. Actually, three questions for you, Andrew. Okay. And just as an overview of what we've learned, what is the church? All right. So the church, and, and this is in a general aspect, okay? Yes. The church is the body of Christ, first mm-hmm. and foremost. We are, the church is the people, it's not the building. And and we've said that time and time again, but I want to keep putting emphasis on that because a lot of people put more stock into the building being the church and not the people. So they, they feel like, you know, I I saw a statistic today on it, uh, that there is a 80, 20 split in the church. 80% of people just attend church and feel the 20% of people actually moved the church. You get what I'm saying? So you have 20% of people that include staff as well that are going to work in the church and build the church and continue to, to disciple the church and the other 80% just show up. And, Mm -hmm. and I feel like that number needs to change, you know, for sure. Everybody has their part in the church, but so the church is the people. We are the church. Mm -hmm. Like I said, you know, say, your church building burns down and insurance says that they can't get it back up for four months. What do you do? You don't just stop church. You figure out who has the biggest backyard (laughs) and you throw a revival for four months. Bring in the chairs or, you know, a lot of times I've heard of other churches opening their doors to allow that church to come in and still be able to have a meeting place. That's awesome. Just like the, the new Testament church that started in, in the book of acts. Yeah, it, it didn't have buildings. They didn't have the synagogues. They didn't have temples. They met in people's houses and they just worshipped God. So yeah, in, in other countries, they're underground. Like it's not about the building. It's about the gathering of the believers. Yes, that the church is. Uh, Dude, I saw. Uh, so let me read this quote real quick. It's by Charles Spurgeon, and I think you'll like this, Andrew. He said, um, "I'm not sure when he said this, but he was." He was born in 1834, so I don't think he said it then, and he died in 1892. But this is in the 1800s, Andrew. I want you to hear this. Okay. Charles Spurgeon said, I believe that one reason why the Church of God at this present moment has so little influence over the world is simply because the world has so much influence over the Church. Wow. He said that in the 1800s. It's like he knew the future. Yeah. Because that, yeah. Whenever I read that today, I was like, it's how <laughs> how in eighteen hundred they're not in eighteen hundred, but in in the realm of eighteen hundreds, how the church has had so much influence of the world, and even now, like I, I can't even imagine what he would think right now. Yeah, man. But and, it's just, and you know, eighteen hundred versus now, it hasn't changed because if you look at how people go to church, they they seek out the experience versus. Mm-hmm drawing a relationship with God. And, yeah. and once again, that's a general aspect. I don't want nobody getting offended because they feel <laughs> like I'm singling. I'm, I'm not. 
Yeah. But let's be honest. People go to church for the experience. That's why if if the music's not not quote unquote hitting right, uh, if the music don't get you in your feels, people are so yeah. quick to up and just abandon the church and, and move on. They, they go church shopping. Yeah, they go church shopping, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with church shopping. If you're looking for a church home, don't mm-hmm. just jump into the first one you go to. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I'm a firm believer of, of go visit churches, figure out which one fits you. But once you find that one, you need to get grounded in that church. You need to yeah. disciple in that church. Uh, and the second the pastor says something that rubs you wrong or or has you convicted, even though you may not appreciate that, don't jump ship just because you think, mm-hmm. oh, that pastor's too, uh, he's too hard or blah, blah, blah. You know. Go to him. Talk to him. Exactly. Learn his heart. But in, That's... To, to move it along, you know, we talked about the church being the body of Christ. Uh, this is one thing I really want to hone on. A, it's a refuge for the sinner. Me and you talked about that. It's a hospital, yeah. right? But I want to focus in on the word refuge. Okay, so I've, I've got a scripture pulled up. It's going to be Matthew sixteen eighteen, right? Uh, let me see. Right here he says, uh, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. This is where I want to, want to put emphasis. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now think about that. The sinner comes into church looking for refuge from what? From Satan. From the Mm -hmm. evil of the world. Jesus specifically tells him, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail it. The church is a refuge for the sinner. It is a safe place. You can come and and get away from Satan. You You can build stronger to be because you have to remember we are all soldiers for God. We've got to strengthen our abilities. So Jesus tells them the gates of hell will not prevail it. When I when I read that today, it gave me chills because I was like, man, you know, I've been I've been talking about the church being a refuge in in a safe place, and what's safer than going somewhere that that the gates of hell can't prevail? Yeah. You know, so there's that. And then, of course, the church is the bride of Jesus. Yeah. You know, um, we look at the the biblical sanctity of marriage and, and the fact that the, the man should should cling to his wife, should should leave his house and cling to his wife and the wife should submit to their husbands. What God's saying is they should give themselves wholly to each other. Mm-hmm. That marriage. Well, Jesus never married because he gave himself wholly to building the church. Yep. So if if we should be conforming to the image of the Son, we should give ourselves as well wholly to the church. Mm-hmm. You yep. know. So for people to say, "Oh, well, I'm I'm religious, but uh, you know, church isn't important to be faith." Well, they're wrong because Jesus Himself took the church as His bride. And if yeah. that was the most important thing to him, that should be the most important thing to us. That's good. You no, know let's what move I'm along. I do. I do. Let's move along. Okay. My second question for you is why does the church exist? Why does the church exist? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. I got I got some scripture for that too. You ready? Let's hear it. Colossians three, chapter sixteen. You want to know why the church exists? It says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Here you go. Here is why the church exists. Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. You want to know why the church exists? Because we need to learn about God. We need to be able to go together, draw together, and learn, teach each other, and sing praises to him. It's good. Why does the church exist? To extend the word of God to others, to disciple one another. That's good, man. Yeah, boom. <laughs> you know, Last some days, some days I feel, some days I feel like I'm living that. To be honest, that mm. that passage you just read, as far as you bringing me in on all this stuff, yeah, yeah. And I've told you that, Christian, before. I feel like that was the way it was done. It was meant to be that yeah. way. So I just, I thought that was really cool him to read that, <clears throat> and it felt like you know that's why I was here. Yeah. So yeah. why the church exists is because 
God knew that that when when bringing the Gentiles into things, and and we all got that pardon, that the gospel of Christ needed to go out. Yeah. Well, he understood that that there needed to be meeting places because he says, "Where two or more are gathered in my name, so shall I be there." So he made the church, so we could teach one another. We could we could. Uh, rely on one another we could lean on each other and we have that in the church so mm. i i think that's why the church exists that's good third one what is our purpose as the church what is our purpose as the church christian let me ask you what does the great commission say verse 16 <laughs> the 11 disciples gathered into galilee where to the mountain where jesus had directed them when he saw them they worshiped and some doubted and jesus came to them and said all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit teaching them to observe everything i have commanded you and remember that i am with you always even to the end of the age amen yes sir right it's the last word amen no? yes sir yeah that it is, is. That okay. is. <laughs> but so there you go if you want to know our purpose as a church listener let me tell you your purpose as the church because if you go to a church you are a part of that church yeah. your job is just as much my job or the pastor's job or the, the exactly music minister's right. job we are to go preach the gospel we are to disciple to all nations baptizing them in the name of the father the son and of the holy ghost teaching them things all things that christ had taught us i mean look at paul paul was i mean even when he was in prison he was still like getting the word the gospel out to other churches you know in 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 galatia and philippi and in ephesus and in or ephesus i always overpronounce that (laughs) But uh, he was still getting the gospel out. He was still doing what Christ had commanded him to do when when he come to him on the road to Damascus. Our job is no different than that. I don't know why people think that, that because it was written 2,000 years ago that it does not apply to us today. The words are just as true then as they are now. If they weren't that yeah. way, God would have made it so. He would have updated the Bible and and he would have said, all right, listen, I know that that was 2,000 years ago, but this is what I need you to do. He didn't do that because he knew the word would stand true 2,000 years from when yeah. it did. So when you go to a church, and, and I'm going to do application on all of it right now, Christian. Uh, Let's hear it. On all the episodes, what we've learned through the ministries, uh, through what the church is, all that. We have got to do our job as Christians. Stop thinking just because you are not called to full-time ministry that you don't have a job within the church. Yeah. Your job may simply be tithing because you have to understand people think, oh, well, my, my measly $15, $20 a week is not going to matter much. What you don't understand is that $15, $20 may go to cover to keep the water on. If we don't got water, you can't use our toilets. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Everybody has a job. Everybody is important in the church from the the oldest deacon in the church or elder all the way down to the newborn that's in the nursery. You were all yeah. very important in the church. This church is a community thing. What is yeah. what did Christian say in I think episode 2 or 3? Unity starts uh, with you. Yeah. Exactly the church right. if the church is not unified in a local sense the church will never be unified in a global sense. Yeah. And we have got to do our job on that. Yeah. So the one thing we wanted you to take away from this series is to know that you have a place in the church and it's not just sitting in that chair or pew. Yeah. You have a place in that church. Do your part. If you see something going wrong in the church, don't sit there and spread rumors. Yep. You need to For get each up. Brother. And if there, you see something's going wrong, you need to go talk to your pastor and say, hey, listen, I see this is not being done the way it should be. And you know, I can tell you nine times out of ten, you know what your pastor is going to say? You want to be a part of fixing it? And then there you go. You have your place in the church. Yeah. That's your open That's door the, right lo- there. Exactly. 
I love, so there's this uh, church that I know of and the pastor, um, whenever he planted the church, the, I guess, not really catchphrase, but slogan motto that they had was come and see, go and tell. I like and that. That one. is that is such so much truth is packed in that little four words. I guess six words, but it doesn't matter. But it is so important that as a Christian, our job isn't to just sit and wait. It's yes. to go and tell. Outreach. Like Yeah. And so spreading the gospel, uh, going, making disciples, it is so important for us to do that. Because if we're not doing that, we're not doing our job as Christians. We're we're simply not. And so I think that's something that this church is right now struggling with for sure. Yes. Um, But yeah. I think I think that's it for me right now, Andrew. You got anything else to add? Yeah, and and I, I just want to. Outreach is a big deal in church. Mm-hmm. When Jesus said, "Go make disciples," he didn't want you to wait by the church door and start shaking hands as they came in. He told us, mm-hmm. "Go make disciples." Yeah. Go being the key word. I, I've seen personally churches that have no outreach, have no form of of getting out, and just sat there and waited and, and said. You know, once the people hear what's going on inside, then they'll want to come. They were a stagnant church, and they never grew. We yeah. as Christians have got to stop being lazy and stop being scared of the world we live in. Don't yep. be afraid to ask somebody, hey, do you know Jesus Christ? It's that simple. And not only on that, but you have to realize that even when you ask somebody that, if they don't want to hear it, rejection's part of it. And unfortunately, I mean, that's just in everyday life, not even just related to going for outreach or trying to go out and disciple. Yeah. It's just rejections part of life. So there are times where you will get rejected from that aspect of things, but you've got to learn, okay, let me go try. Let me go try again. You know, the best answer to give somebody who gives you rejection. What's that? Tell them, listen, man, I understand. I love you and I'll be praying for you. And then just yep. walk off. Like, it's okay. Yeah, you don't have to get into a fiery debate with everybody you right. talk to. Exactly. But that that is all I got. Listen. Uh, okay. So, the question I want to ask, the same question for both of you. After okay. we just covered everything, Christian, I'm going to get you to go first. I know that's a lot of material, but what was your favorite thing out of the entire series of the church? Dude, oh my goodness. Um I know. <laughs> I I honestly I honestly have to go back to Megan's um the conversation we had after we recorded and just how radical my transformation was, even though it wasn't as different as Andrew's or Megan's. It's yeah. still my testimony. It's yeah. still a radical transformation of me being a sinner, now being a child of God. Mm-hmm. And I'm no longer a slave to sin, but I'm a child of God. I love that song. So I just had to yeah. quote it real yeah. quick. Almost but, you know, just, it. I know. <laughs> just just that that realization of that transformation that did happen in my life and that it's different from Andrew's, but it's mine. And it fits my story. And it is my story. And so God chose that for me, and he's going to use that in my life. And so just realizing that in those small, probably to Megan, that was one of the biggest things that I've taken away in a quite a long time. Well, that's cool. Andrew, what about you, buddy? Um, honestly, it had to have been Paul's episode where he was talking about uh, – you know, when he was sitting there at 2.30 in the morning mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, God told him, just play me one more song. Yeah. Because when I left Rio, I was that way. You know, I, I completely lost sight of who I was in God's eyes. It was much mm-hmm. more than, than feeling like I failed or anything like that. But when Brother Monk called mm-hmm. and I was so reluctant to do anything it was like every time I would I would come up with an obstacle as to why I couldn't do it, God kept telling me, no, you got this. You you can get past that. It seems like it just got moved out of the way. Yeah, and, and Brother Monk mm. would be like, oh, yeah, that's fine. We can we can do this. We can do that. 
And finally, when I finally submitted it, it was like God was telling me, just give me one more time. Mm-hmm. Give me one more chance to use you. Yeah. And so when he brought up the fact that God said, give me one more song. And that's when <laughs> I started tearing up when he was talking yeah. about it. Because yeah. <laughs> what made it even more weird was the fact that when I left before Brother Monk called, I was so defeated in, in going to the broken church with you, Marshall. Mm-hmm. Uh, that time I left crying, it was because Paul had, God had used Paul that morning to, to rejuvenate me. Yeah. And then once again, when I felt like I didn't, I didn't even need it, God found a way to use <laughs> Paul again to rejuvenate me. Yeah. And it's awesome. it's, so I, I took that away from, from his episode and I, I can't wait to bring him back on again. Yeah. It's going to be a good sure. one. So, um, everybody good. Yeah. That's all I got. I am good, man. That was a good recap of, of the church, but listen, uh, to all the listeners, don't worry. We have a new series coming up next episode. We're going to start a series on a little thing I like to call love. Love. We're going to look yeah, at yeah. Uh, different aspects of love. We're going to look at what love is supposed to be biblically. We're going to look at things like uh, our love for God, our love for self, our love for others. And we're going to look at different subtopics in that, like marriage and, and dating and and self-worth and stuff like that. And we really want to dissect what love really is and what God has has meant for love to be. But listen... We don't want you to get stagnant with us. We've got some great things in the works. Even though Christian isn't here with us physically, we've got him on the phone every week. Project Unify is not going nowhere. And the next thing you know, December will be upon us. We'll have young Christian back for a while. And we love you. And we thank you so much for all the support. And, and if you could do us a favor, go to the Facebook, to the Instagram, to the Twitter. Just just. Sh- Show us some love. Uh, like our posts. Share share the pages with everybody. Go to our website. Christian, what's that website? Project Unify at GoDaddySites.com. Dot GoDaddySites.com. <laughs> oh, <laughs> almost had it. Almost. Shoot. ProjectUnify.GoDaddySites.com. Go drop us a line. Tell us how much you love us. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say officially, but we have been talking about maybe getting some merch here soon. Uh, I don't know if you've seen me, Marshall or Christian, you see those pretty cool little wristbands we have on. Uh, we're going to look at maybe getting some shirts, uh, maybe even some golf balls. Me and Christian talked about that on the, <laughs> we the other did. day. Uh, we did. but other than that, guys, we love you. We can't wait to see you next week. Stay tuned with us. Peace. Bye.